Welcome to week 64, All the Balls. Got a big show going on tonight. It's a big show every week, but this is a big one. We are the big show, like the wrestler. Yeah, I wish. No, I don't wish. I'd have a heart attack probably next week. But um, welcome to week 64, All the Balls. Start the show off. We're going to do the three up and three down. As you can see in the comments, we're going to start like that. Then we're going to do our week 11 NFL picks because 9 o'clock, David McKinnon will be joining the show. Professional athlete, Dave McKinnon. I don't know if he's at Easton Mass right now, if he's with his girlfriend right now, if he's I don't think he lives in Easton at the 99 right now. But David will be joining us at 9, but enough talking because we have a lot to get to. Jake, three up, three down. Patriots are rocking and rolling right now. Six and four, trying to make it five in a row this week against Atlanta. Who is your first down of the week? They, I mean, they played so good, I only have one down. Out of everything, I only have one down. And that down is... Video's going in and out, Bridget. Don't worry about it, Bridget. It'll be fine. The, the one down... It's a light. The one down is another good game by the opposing team's running back. I, I mean, I get that, you know, it's a bend-don't-break defense. I get that it's, you know, we got to give them something so we can shut down everything else. Um, but it seems like every week it's the running back. Kamara had a great game against us. We lost that one. McCaffrey had a pretty solid game. And though I know I get those are two top guys, but yeah. now, but now Dearness Johnson had himself a great game and you know, he got the touchdown, the only touchdown we allowed. So that's fantastic. But I mean, someone had, someone, had, I guess someone had to do something, but he did pretty well. Like I, I was very impressed with him. And I, I get that the Browns are, you know, a run-centric offense, and, you know, you, it's really just plug-and-play um, to some degree. But I don't think Baker's a good quarterback. I think we could have shut down the run a little better. Yeah, I mean, overall, it was, it was hard to come up with three downs. Like you said, you only came up with one. It was my job to come up with three, so I had to come up with three. Of course— this, I'm just here to look pretty. Yeah, Jake's just here to look sexy. I mean, pretty. Um Probably for the fifth consecutive week, Isaiah wins on my down list. Again, he wasn't terrible in this game, but if you have to pick one guy from the offensive line. They actually line, praised him, the announcers did. Oh, why? Because they, they said he's finally doing good. They felt bad for him? No, I thought he was pretty bad. I mean, the holding penalty. Yeah, um, a couple They, they could have right? scored a touchdown on that, backed him up a couple yards. But then, so he was one of my downs like he is every single week so far this season, basically. If I look back, he probably has been at least five times. Number Second down for me is Josh Uche. He didn't have a terrible game, but just because I think you expect a little more out of this guy coming out of Michigan. He did have that one penalty that kind of held the Patriots back because he saw Bill Belichick on the sideline and was giving him some shit. But Josh Uche, to me, hasn't had a great season, didn't have a great week for the Patriots this week. And then my third down for me, it's not like this guy had a bad game, but again, everyone really was awesome for the Patriots. So if you have to think of one guy that really wasn't so great... Nelson Aguilar and his 21 yards didn't excite me too Someone much. Someone had to not go off. like, And, I, and it, it was Nelson Aguilar this week, and I hate to say it, it's really been him kind of for the whole season. I disagree with you. I really do. I, I don't think Nelson Aguilar needs to put up big numbers to have an impact on this team. I'm not saying he was bad. No, but but you're... I, I get what you're saying. Like, why didn't... Why wasn't it Nelson <laughs> Aguilar that went out and, um, you know, got, got that... Uh, you know, got that Kendrick Bourne catch. Like, I, I get what you're saying, and I, That's I think, only Kendrick Bourne. I disagree. Um, Aguilar's hands, I don't think Aguilar could make that catch. No, I agree with you, but... His hands are worse than yours. Mine are... All right. Um, <laughs> but I, I think what Aguilar does for this offense is it makes the opposing team respect our deep game. Like, Aguilar's a good route runner. His hands aren't great, but he's fast. And the opposing safety needs to get out there and, and make sure he's not catching a ball that's going to burn them. And it, it, it's more that's, that's not a measurable number, but it opens up everything for everyone else. So I think in a game like this where, you know, Jones was kind of spreading the wealth, you know, Henry's getting some, some touches, Bourne's getting some touches. I mean, and uh, uh, Stevenson was doing great. I think all of that— You're giving away all my ups. Sorry. I think all of that comes from Aguilar— making the other team respect the deep ball. Because if, they're, if they get to play the safety low the whole time, these guys aren't going to be as open as they were. Yeah, but we got to come up with three downs. And this is a game where everyone was unbelievable. So say there's 51 guys that played unbelievable, then there's only three left. And Nelson Aguilar, sorry, 21 yards is in I talked about the other team. They didn't come to play. All right, um, what are the ups? You want one of my ups? I mean, these are, these are kind of obvious ones. I named all of them pretty much. you got to go with but, the QB. Um, no, I didn't go with the QB. Oh man, I didn't go with the this QB. This was his best year. This was his best game of the season. This yeah, was his well, best game of his career. I didn't go with the QB. I went with the beneficiaries. 
I went with Kendrick Bourne as my first one. I went because, with him as one too. So. Because it, although he didn't have the most touchdowns in the game, um, Kendrick Bourne had an unreal catch. And I felt it necessary to say he was the first up for me because he's been on our downs list and I've been disappointed with him. And slowly but surely, he's getting used to this offense. He's getting more comfortable. He came into Bass Pro Shops. I think he's that's making good plays. And, and that catch was unbelievable. Over two guys into the end zone. Just a beautiful ball from Jones, I agree. He had over 130 but yards in this game, too. He was fantastic. Um, and, and I definitely want to be the first one to give Kendrick Bourne some credit. I'll be the second one. Yeah, Kendrick Bourne, you're definitely on my ops list. 98 yards receiving. I believe he had 43 yards rushing. Yeah, he had three carries. The end arounds that they do with him are really working. He's, he's actually been a lot better in these last couple weeks than he was at the beginning of the season. And I was really impressed with him in this game. Like Jake said, that catch, probably the best catch any Patriots made this season. Uh, Nikhil Harry had a pretty good one. And Nikhil Harry actually had a catch in this game as well. But yeah, Stevenson's on my up list as well. Ramondre Stevenson, I don't know if he's on your ups list. Nope. 100 yards, two touchdowns. He should have been, but he's not. Damian Harris is out for another week. And Ramondre Stevenson, the rookie, first game, like I said earlier shows. 20 for 100. First game he fumbled in to start the season in his career. And now these last couple weeks he's been awesome. Two touchdowns, 100 yards. Breaking tackles. This guy looks like he's going to be a legit factor for the Patriots in years to come. That'd be great. I'd be. I. We need a guy. We need a a guy the other team needs to worry about. And and we we haven't had one since like Legarrette Blunt. Um, yeah, blunt so, force trauma. Yeah, that blunt force trauma. So we need a new guy. Maybe it's Stevenson. I like Harris, but maybe it's Stevenson. I don't know. Yeah, it could be. So who's your second up? Got to be Hunter Henry here. Um, he didn't make it for me, but he's he didn't. He's the the guy with two touchdowns didn't make it for you. Stevenson had two touchdowns. He didn't make it for you. That's right. That's right. Um, okay, fine. So the reason I have Hunter Henry here is I've. It's like a, a culmination of of so many things. I have been very happy with his performance. This is I, I wasn't expecting you know two touchdown games very often. He already has seven but, the season. Eight yeah, but season. he's he's doing fantastic, and I think he is very strongly becoming Jones's security blanket. This guy is like the option when there's nothing else open. He says, I'm going to look to Hunter Henry. And I think that's why we got him. I think that's why I paid him. And I'm glad he's healthy. I'm glad he's, you know, putting up great numbers. Um, and I, I'm very happy with this performance. I, you know, we didn't even need this performance out of him this week. We would have won anyway. But I'm glad he was there to pile on some, some pain for Cleveland. What Bridget said. Damn. All right. Video's going in and out, but we'll do a little shaking. All right. Yeah, I agree with you. Third up for me in this game. Like I said, I think it was Mac Jones' best game of the season. I really do. And to me, the guy missed, I believe he had four incompletions this game. I think he went 19 for 23, three touchdowns. Mac Jones looked phenomenal. Again, the Patriots receivers made some great catches, but that throw to Bourne in the end zone was phenomenal. The fades to Hunter Henry, the other catch on the sideline for Hunter Henry, Mac Jones was making it all happen this game. And I don't want to say he's like Tom Brady because no one's going to be Tom Brady. But the more that he keeps on playing, he's similar to the way Brady was in his first couple of seasons. He's not a fast guy. He's not a mobile quarterback. He's not the best arm in the world, but he's making the right throws in the right times. And he's improving week after week. And he's been awesome, especially in this game. I think he, I think he's everything you want out of a rookie quarterback, everything you can ask for. It, you, can't, you can't expect him to be able to take on the world, but... I'm so happy that he's trying, and I know our defense is strong, and and the offensive weapons have kind of come together a little bit. Um, but part of that is Jones, um, as far as the offense goes, and and the defense. He he needs something on the other end, or else he's going to be looking like you know Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson out there because he's going to be forced into making bad decisions because we're going to be down a lot. I, I'm very happy with the defense keeping the other team you know in check and making sure that Jones and the offense have the freedom to do whatever they like and not just into, you know, go into this, uh, you know, catch-up mode where we can't see what Mac really can do. Um, so I've been very happy with it. I'm, I'm happy that the run game is established. I think everything is coming together to make Jones better, but he's also playing very, very well. Yeah, there's nothing he – I mean, the last couple of weeks before, a couple of those passes that were a little inconsistent, but the thing is they're winning the games – and he's getting better. It's his rookie season, and he, he obviously looks like the best rookie quarterback so far at the moment. Oh, totally. And the system obviously helps him as well, having Belichick and McDaniels as the coach. Best record for a rookie QB, too. The Patriots are on a roll right now. We'll talk about them more towards the end of the show because they get a game. I in have another up. About 48 hours after it shakes up. I wanted to give a little shout-out to Duggar. Um, Great game. 
very good game, and I, I think that that interception really just sealed the deal. Um, you let him in tackles, too. Yeah, turned the tide. Uh, I, I was very happy with that one play in particular, but he also was good throughout the game, um, especially with the you know OBJ being out and, and Landry you know kind of being in and out of the lineup throughout the year. I don't know how healthy he is overall. It's important to shut down those tight ends, and I think Duggar did that. Yeah, Duggar was good, and again, this is a D2 guy. Patriots were high on him, and he's improving as well week after week, season after season. All right, Dave is coming on in about 18, 19 minutes from now, so we're going to give you our week 11 picks. Before we do that, we have someone new in first place. So after Boy. 10 weeks, for the first time— I just wanted to make it interesting. For the first time this season, I was looking back. The biggest lead you had was six games, only a few weeks back. But we disagree with two games this week, so after 10 weeks— I stand at 98 and 52. Jake stands at 97 and 53. And I'm struggling. It, we don't have Connor in this. Connor was about 15 games back last Connor year. Connor's so bad. <laughs> Connor had to start flipping Connor, coins at week Yeah, 10. Connor was doing so bad that he decided he'd do better if he just flipped a coin for every game except for the Jets. He always picked against the Jets. Yeah, so Connor's not in this right now. I went 9 and 5 this past week. Jake went 8 and 6. Unfortunately, we couldn't get that Monday night game last night. But. On to week 11. We have, I believe, one more game this week because there's only two teams on bye. The Denver Broncos are on their bye this week along with the L.A. Rams are on the bye this week. They need a bye after they... They are? Yeah. After the last couple nights, they definitely need a bye. All right. Thursday night football. We'll talk about this more at the end of the show. The New England Patriots, Super Bowl rematch at the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I mean... I hope the Patriots aren't viewing it the way I'm viewing it, but I think we got this one pretty, pretty, pretty easy. Um, yeah, I don't want to get too excited, but yeah, I'm, I'm. I hope that they're taking it as seriously as any game they've played this year. But I'm very confident that the Patriots will win this game. Um, I, the way I've described it to people is, uh, you know, our, our defense has shut down better offenses, and our offense has come through against much better defenses so yeah, why, Jake's why not the outsiders, why so. not take this down why not take them down here i i think we should handle them pretty easily i mean it, I, most people nine out of ten people would say cleveland and the chargers are better than yeah are better than the the falcons and we beat them both pretty pretty well jake's making me nervous with some of these patriots picks because he said they were going to kill tampa bay Dallas, I mean, I get said, killed by Tampa Bay. Dallas wasn't going to be that much of a contest. That was the other way. And now I'm afraid you're saying it this week. I'm just, Bo- but both those performances from the Patriots contradicted me saying they wouldn't do well. I know, I just, I just, so why can't they do well? I'm just a little you think, nervous. You want me to say they're going to suck? I'm a little Cold, nervous. Tight game, real tight game. Atlanta really going to hang in there, make it tough. You know Don't what? bet on the Patriots. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's going to be an absolute blowout, but... The Patriots, I'd be shocked if they lose this game. Especially, you cannot lose this game because after this, your next two games are against Tennessee and Buffalo. This is a must-win situation. You've got to win your fifth straight game. They, no, they play Buffalo. they they got to worry about their next four games. Yeah, Tennessee, Buffalo. You have Indianapolis. It's Tennessee, Buffalo, Indy, and Buffalo again. Yeah, so your next four so after this. You ha- this is a must-win for the Patriots. And to get to five straight, this would be great. Patriots are going to win this game. If I have to give you my score prediction right now, I'll say the Patriots are going to win this one. 28-20, Patriots. Holy, that was close to what I was going to say. What is it? I was going to say 28-17. 28-20, Patriots. Jake said 28-17. I wrote that down so we know. But All right, first game of the week we're both going to agree on, so that's no fun. All right, let's get to the 1 o'clock games. We have nine 1 o'clock games this week. Awesome. And actually, the 4 o'clock games are a little bit better, but 1 o'clock... We have Indianapolis at Buffalo. This is a huge game for Indianapolis because they're already three games behind Tennessee in the division. Tennessee's rolling. If they want a chance to win this division, it's a must win, but they're going to lose. So, Yeah, I actually, you know, I wasn't, I actually thought about this one for a while um, because Indy has stepped up against good teams um, and Buffalo has kind of fell short, but I think Buffalo's kind of realizing the Patriots are on their tail. Um, and especially if we win on Thursday, I think Buffalo is going to bring the heat, uh, and I think they win this game. Yeah, so Buffalo for me, I think Josh Allen can have a big game against that Colts defense. I'm not as high on as a lot of people Correct are. Correct me if I'm wrong. If we if we win this game— And Buffalo loses, we're in first place in the East. If we win—but after we win, are we in first? No, because I think they still have the advantage. Well, we haven't played each other yet, but if we win— Oh, yeah, if we win, you mean before that game even yes. starts? 
What's Buffalo's record? We we might be. I gotta look at the record. They have three yeah. losses. Yeah, so we might be. And then I think the next tiebreaker's head to head after the Bloom. Okay. But yeah, that's that game. Next up, two mobile quarterbacks. You got Baltimore at Chicago. Lamar Jackson versus Justin Fields. I just can't trust Chicago. Yeah, I can't trust Chicago in this one. I think Lamar Jackson. Ba- I mean, Baltimore has been a little shaky, but I, I think I don't think they do it twice in a row. They kind of had a long the half by week type deal with the Thursday game last week. You know, one so, of these games is going to be retarded the way the, the NFL has been going this season. Probably, probably going to be an upset. And I, I try to pick the upset out, and I kind of have one, but I'll tell you that. In a I bit. thought about it a lot too. I do have an upset in here, um, but. I have Baltimore in this one. Yeah, Baltimore will win. Next game is the Detroit Lions at the Cleveland Browns. The Detroit Lions actually didn't lose this week. So congratulations to them. Yeah. But they're facing a Cleveland Browns team that's just got blown away by the Patriots. I think Cleveland's going to come out fighting. I heard Kareem Hunt's probably... I mean, Nick Chubb's probably going to be back in this game. Yeah. If that's the case, Detroit will have no answer Detroit will have absolutely no answer for Nick Chubb. And I I think that's the difference maker here. Next up is a divisional matchup. Houston-Tennessee... And Tennessee. Tennessee is not going to lose this game. They really shouldn't. They're they're rolling. I mean, it, it's it's interesting. That team is playing so well. They look so good, but their their offensive weapons are not anything special. I mean, the after Henry's gone, the running game is they don't have anyone fantastic. I mean, Adrian Peterson's old. Donta Foreman is He's actually probably their best running he, back. Probably, but he's been around the league, and he hasn't really stuck anywhere. And then McNichols is just a receiving guy. A.J. Brown's great, but Julio just went on IR. Um, they have enough to beat Houston, though. I think so, too, but they're playing well above their, their talent level. So we'll see. I mean, at some point, I think they're going to come back down to earth, at least for a week. Um, I think even if they do, I, they could beat Houston. But at any point, that could happen. I got Tennessee in this one. Yeah, Tennessee will win this game. Next up is the Green Bay Packers, who just shut out the Seattle Seahawks. First time in Russell Wilson's career when he was a quarterback that he got shut out in a game. So, I mean, I don't think he was at 100%. Maybe they rushed him back a little bit too soon. But Green Bay coming off a win at Minnesota, who's coming off a win. By the way, the Minnesota Vikings were my upset pick of the week last week. Good job. I got that right. And guess what? They're my upset pick of this week. Back-to-back weeks, I'm going with the Vikings at home. Kirk Cousins, by the way, low-key having a good season. He likes to win big games. 18 touchdowns, two interceptions. I think Minnesota's going to win this game at home. I really do. I don't. Um, Yes. I got got Green Bay here. Um, I know that Aaron Jones is is not going to be playing this game, but I'm excited to see A.J. Dillon. Um, I think he's a very good running back. I think they have good schemes as far as the running game goes. And and he kind of reminds me of— What's up, Matt? You know, you know who he reminds me of, A.J. Dillon? A former Packer. Who, um, oh, what's his name? Eddie Lacy? Eddie Lacy. That's right. He reminds me of Eddie Lacy. He's kind of like, you He's know, a little, a little bigger, a little, little, little pound, pound game. Dillon's huge. He is. Um, he was awesome at BC. But I, I like I him. I touched him. Okay. I mean, I mean, don't talk about, don't say that. Um, I like him. And I think that they have enough at the running game still to win, and I think Adams is is just an unstoppable weapon in, in this league. So I think that Green Bay takes care of business and, and gets a win here. All right, first Division di- foe? It's a big division game. First disagreement of the week, I love it. All right, another divisional. There's a lot of divisional games this week, actually. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, in the 1 o'clock games. Divisional game, it's the Miami Dolphins at the New York Jets. Mike White, everyone was in love. They were loving this guy, and then he throws four interceptions this week. Um, at home, I think this could be a tight game. I thought about this one for a long time. But I, I can't go with the Jets. By a long I time, got, I mean like two minutes. I gotta go with Miami. I was, I was this close to yeah. taking the Jets. I was close to taking the Jets. I was Jets, this sir. close. But I'm going with the Dolphins because they seem to be in the right place. They have three wins now, and I think it's, is it two in a row? Is it two in their last three? Yeah, but um, I mean, not against great competition, but still. They beat Baltimore. That's a good win. They beat Baltimore. Um, when is a win? And that was on a Thursday. And like I said, Baltimore's got this like week and a half type deal. So does Miami. They get time to prepare for a Jets team that they, you know, I don't think they want to come in last in the division. But if they lose, they'll be in last. The Jets will be ahead of them. So I think Miami takes down the Jets and avoids being in last place. They're a more talented team, too. Yeah, way more talented team. All right, three more one o'clock games. And eight in total before we talk to David McKinnon. All right. New Orleans Saints at the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles coming off a good win. Saints coming off a tough loss. I mean, I just don't tr- I don't trust the quarterback in Trevor Simeon. I think Jalen Hurts wins this game at home. I love Philly at home. I really like this team a lot more than others, and I think Philly's going to win. 
I'm a big fan of Philly too. I, I've been impressed with how they've played this year. Um, they've come up big at times, but oh god, I'm going with the Saints in this one. I I think I something in me. There's there's a gut feeling That's here. Two. That's two. There's a gut feeling here. Yeah, because I want to get the lead back. There's a gut feeling here that the Saints show up and win this game. I think that you know last year, if you remember, Hurts' big win of the season was against the Saints. Yeah, was, I think they got. At the end of the season, I think right? they want to win this game. I think the Saints want to come out and say, "Hey, you know, we we've gotten better since then. We're gonna take you down." And I, I think they are gonna win it. I think they are going to beat him. I don't, I don't tight game, him. though. Very tight him. game. Yeah, this is low a, scoring. I, I think low scoring. This game is a too. one possession one. Take the under. Take the under. I think low scoring. The Washington football team at Cam Newton in the Carolina Panthers. Oh By my the way, God. Cam Newton's back. Two touchdown performance. He even said he was back. But he took his helmet off. Yeah, and he got a not a fine. He got a he got penalized. Point. Took his helmet off. But he's going to be the actual back. starting quarterback this week. I think he beats the living. Bejesus out of the Washington. Oh, Jake's team. not going with the Washington football team. No, I'm not. Neither am I. No, I'm not. By the way, Cam. Newton's That's my going... lock of the week. Wow, really? Yeah, Cam is going to destroy this team. Cam's going to beat his old coach and Ron Rivera. I don't yep. think it's going to be a destruction like Jake's saying. I think Cam gets in the end zone. Yeah, he probably will, and I think Carolina will win this game by about one score. I think Carolina takes it. All right, I'm last... gonna go by by ten plus. Wow, last one o'clock game of the week. San Francisco coming off a big win last night. At Jacksonville. I, honestly, I thought about this one for a long no, time. No, you didn't. Yeah, I, I swear to God. San Francisco. I thought about it a little bit before I saw last night's game, then I'm like, no way. Jacksonville will have no answer. You would look at next week before this week's over? No, I'm just looking at last night. George Kittle, Elijah Mitchell, Jimmy G. He's not the best quarterback. Yeah, I'm looking at the the red, the line judge, the, the backfield judge. But you know what I'm really looking at? The name on the jersey. And you know what one name on the jersey says? Jacksonville. Debo Samuel. Well, probably Jaguars. Jaguars. San Fran wins. <laughs> I got San Francisco here, too. Too much firepower in offense. They're heading in the right direction. Jacksonville is not. All right. Five more games. The only 405 game of the week features one of my bold predictions of the week. Oh. The Cincinnati Bengals are at the Las Vegas Raiders, a Las Vegas team that I absolutely hate. I like them. Hated them this past I'm week. I'm a fan. I told Jake the Chiefs are going to win this game by double digits. And they did. They won by, what was it, almost triple digits? No, they won by 27. Chiefs are going to win. I mean, I think they won by six figures. So you know what? I'm going to be on the other side, and that's not the Raiders' side. That is the team coming off the bye side. Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals are getting back to business this week. They're going to win. I thought about this one for a long time. I got Cincinnati here, too. I think that, that Joe Burrow comes out hot. I think Jamar Chase has a good game. I think Mixon has a good game. Chase Burnham gets in the end. I mean, yeah, no. Uh, but, oh, man. I really This one could go either way for me, but I'm leaning Cincinnati. Yeah, and my bold prediction from this game, listen, they're bold predictions, so I don't want you to be like, what? Get, How get do bold, you say that? Get bold, and I'm going to say no freaking way. The Cincy Vegas game is the highest scoring game of the week. That's my bold prediction. No, totally disagree. You want me to pick the highest scoring game of the week? Yeah, probably one it's of the, the next two. one you're gonna. It's the next one you're gonna bring up. So both of these games at four twenty five are probably the best two games of the week. And first off, we get Dallas Kansas City. That's this the is highest a, scoring game of the this week. This is America's game of the week. Two team. This could be a Super Bowl matchup. To be honest with you, I it mean, could. You it could be. I mean, I don't. I really don't think either of them get you, there. You never know. But you never know. I think Dallas is is less likely than Kansas City. Um, well, who's gonna win this game? Dallas. You got Dallas. I knew. Yeah, you I do Dallas. have Dallas. I got Dallas. Three, in this one. three, three. I got Dallas in this game. I think Dallas brings the heat. I am, I'm excited to see this game. I mean, it's gonna be a fantastic game Me that too. we actually aren't gonna watch probably. Um, but can watch at the casino. We're, there's gonna be a game that we're at. I mean, the second half. So, yeah. Okay. So, I I'm genuinely excited to watch the highlights of this game. Um, but, but it, it's going to be a fantastic game, hopefully. I mean, I think it's going to be high scoring. I think most people would agree. I just think that the difference here is Dallas's defense is better than Kansas City's. I think both are very high-powered offenses that can go out and get seven on any given drive. And I think Dallas has the more complete team. Obviously, the better quarterback is Patrick Mahomes. And he, he showed it on, uh, on Sunday night. Five touchdowns, really a comeback performance on, on what's been not a great season. But the running game is is 
heavily leaning towards Dallas. I think the the receiving game, as far as the weapons, are pretty even between Cooper and Lamb and and Hill and uh, Kelsey. I think yeah. those are both superstars pretty, all the time. Yeah, field. there's super, superstars everywhere. But on the defensive side of the ball, Kansas City is still missing some of its big players, and Dallas has been playing pretty well defensively. I, I think it's going to come down to a couple drives that they, they're able to stop Mahomes on, and, and Dallas goes out and gets some points that Kansas City can't. I think this comes down to the last possession. I think Trayvon Diggs is going to probably be the one covering Tyree Kill. This is going to leave the field wide open for Travis Kelsey. I see Travis Kelsey well, they, having a they huge game. They got good linebackers, though. I think Travis Kelsey has a big game. I think Dallas is going to get their points, but I think Kansas City wins this game at home. Kansas City is going to start flipping around their season right now. This is going to be a big game. Big game. Won't be surprised if Dallas wins. It'd be a huge loss. But I like Harrison Bucker, guys. Kansas City wins this game. All right, three more games. Last 425 game, Arizona at Seattle. I'm hearing from my sources. Kyler Murray should be back. He'll play. I'm hearing from my sources. DeAndre Hopkins should be back. He'll play. And I'm Chris hearing, Carson might play. I'm also hearing from my sources that Arizona will get back in the win column because they're going to win this game at Seattle. Yeah, I got them there too. I mean, like in my heart, I want to take Seattle, the 12th man, you know, home game. Arizona hasn't been playing that well. But I got to go with the team that, that's, you know, in, at least in the conversation of being, of being legit. Seattle just put up a big goose egg. I don't know if they're going to have Carson or not. I think it's almost worse if they do have Chris Carson because <laughs> well, they're going to try and ease him in and they're, they're not going to you know play play their kind of football. But I think Arizona wins this game. Yeah, could again, could be a close game. I'm expecting Russell Wilson to get back to what he was doing pre-injury. But still, this is the Arizona Cardinals we're talking about. This is Kyle Murray we're talking about. And if he's healthy, I don't think Seattle really is going to have a shot in this one. Yep. All right, Sunday night football. the last two. Sunday Night Football features my lock of the week. Pittsburgh is at the L.A. Chargers. Oh, I forgot. My upset's Dallas. Oh, shit. All right. That's a good upset. Thanks. I'm locking in the L.A. Chargers on Sunday Night Football. Justin Herbert wasn't this great, that great last week. He's going to bounce it's back. Such a weak pick for a lock. Bounce back on you Sunday suck. Night Football. So you obviously have the Chargers win this That's game a bad too. pick. It's a lock. T.J. Watt probably isn't going to play. Roethlisberger might not play. Obviously, it's no, a No, Roethlisberger's lock. playing. I don't think so. All right, if I don't know if Roethlisberger doesn't play, I'll switch my lock. All right, I'll switch my lock to Green the Bay Minnesota Vikings. They can be my lock and my upset. Are you crazy? All right, now you're just talking crazy. But I got the Chargers in this one too. All right, and finally Monday Night Football. This was a Monday Night Football game last year. I yeah, I would just like to point out that this was a this this was a field goal game last year. Yeah, it was the a Giants game. almost won. It was super close. Tampa Bay is not losing back to back games. I agree. I think Tampa Bay wins. And that is my other bold prediction of the week. Mike Evans, two touchdowns, at least 100 yards. Not too bold. Bold enough. Let's win my fantasy I'll say game. Fournette gets in twice. Oh, I think I'm facing like Fournette in three leagues this week. All right. Hopefully that doesn't happen. So we disagree on three games. I get Green Bay. I mean, Jake got Green Bay. I get Minnesota. I got Philly. Jake has New Orleans. And I have Kansas City. And Jake has Dallas. Good luck to everybody this week, and we'll see you next week for Week 65. I'm kidding. David McKinnon's about to join us on the show. I'm going to call him in about one or two minutes. What's up, Haley Richardson? All the balls go Mac. Haley loves it. What are you talking about, mac and cheese? Are you talking about Mac Jones? Oh, Mac Jones. Yeah, she's talking about Mac Jones. But are you talking about Mac Kinnon? Uh, wait, is she talking about McKinnon? No. It, I don't know. I don't think she's that smart. I'm just kidding. That'd be, that was pretty clever if she said that, but... I don't think so. Whoa. I'll ask her later. We got, what is it, 859? Is she coming over later? Yeah, she's com- she told me she was coming to watch the show, but I don't know. I don't know where she is. Everyone tells me they're coming over Maybe to watch the show. Maybe she's in a different kind of show. What show? Wicked from um, Broadway? Hocus Pocus. All right, should we call him now? I don't want to call him right at 9. Is that like, he's going to be like, wow, you guys are really. What, are we fashionably late to our own interview? Let's wait till 901. Give him a call. Remember, when I called Sean Grandy, I was almost shaking a little bit. Like, this is the voice of the Celtics. I'm excited for know. this one, man. I don't know if we should give him a We've call. We've never had a professional athlete on. We had John Rook. Will you call him, please? Do you have his number? No, I don't. Good idea. He didn't give it to me when we played together. Wait, wait, wait. For, for, I've played sports with a professional athlete. Congratulations. All right, for those of you that don't know, though, David McKinnon lives, I don't know if he still lives in Easton, but went to all of Rames, phenomenal soccer player in high school, phenomenal baseball my, player. My teammate. Went to the University of Hartford, was unbelievable in soccer, was unbelievable in baseball. Then he went to the Cape Cod Baseball League. He played for the Bourne Braves. He played for the Wareham Gateman. 
He wasn't so the great. Point. You know, the, you don't know the Cape League teams. No, I'll give Jake a little bit of a lesson. Give me a le- give the fans a lesson. But yeah, they're probably like, "What the hell are we talking about?" Yeah, but, give, um, give this guy. Yeah, that's David, and then now he's on the. You know the name of the team? The Trash Pandas. The Rocket City Trash Pandas. Double A affiliate of the Los Angeles Angels. By the way, David McKinnon led Double A in RBIs this past season. That's, That's pretty fantastic. Impressive. Tied for 18th with 13 home runs in Double A this season. David McKinnon is about to join all the balls. Hopefully he answers. He'll answer. Get closer to this. Jake's recording, by the way. Get closer to that. Hey, what's going on? What's up, David? It's Justin and Jake. How are you? Hey, Dave. Good, good. Good to hear from you. Yeah, how's it going? Thanks for having me on, guys. Good. Are you living in Easton right now? Yeah, I'm in Easton. I'm with my parents and uh, brother. My wife came up, and we got our dog here, so the whole whole family's here. So. That's awesome. Oh, yes, that's awesome. we'll probably just ask you like, a little Q&A, like 15, 20 minutes, whatever time you got. Okay, yeah, perfect. Yeah, I mean, I'm free right now, so that works out fine. Yeah, we really, we really appreciate having you on. Um, good yeah, talking no to you again. Hope the, hope the whole family's well. Yeah, everyone's doing good. How are you guys doing? We're awesome, doing good. Awesome. Yeah, what are you guys up to? You guys, oh, I mean, Robert's obviously done with school, so I'm assuming you guys are done with school. You're doing grad school. Like, what's, what's the deal? Um, we're both done. Jake got a full time job. What is it? Yeah, I, uh, I work for this this company, Hilti, uh, selling power tools, construction supplies. Um, working in the city, and uh, okay. Justin is a man of, of a couple trades. Yeah, so I'm still doing broadcasting, and then um, I'm working for a vac- vacation company right now. So it's like a timeshare company, but selling vacations. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Not He's bad. Serious. He scams old people out of their paychecks. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Got this uh, podcast. So y'all are doing y'all are doing the broadcasting. Well, you're doing it. You're still doing it a little bit, and then you're doing this podcast on the side. Yeah, then we're, doing the, we're having, like, yeah, special guests on, like you. <laughs> oh, cool. Awesome. You're the yeah. first uh, pro athlete. <laughs> nice. Who have you guys had in the past? We, uh, you know Sean Grandy, the voice of the Celtics? Uh, yes, I believe I do. I know the name. I mean, I... He's, he's, been, doing, done. he's been doing their radio for, like, 20 years. Yes, yeah, so we had him. We had um, Mari Hirsch going. He's, like, anchor in Providence. Okay, cool. Someone from the BC basketball team. Uh, Mike Trout was on last week. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but we've had like six or seven people. Huh? We've had like six or seven different guys. We're trying to get more. Yeah, that's cool. But uh, yeah, Jake, you want to start? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I know we we used to, to play soccer together um, in high school. So I, I guess I my, my question would be, you know, you you were an All American soccer player, and I'm I'm sure you've thought about this in the past. But what what would the the route have been like if you if you took that path instead of baseball? Yeah. So um. Yeah. I mean, I was good in soccer. I mean, I, I would say I was good at goalie. I wasn't really good at soccer. Um. But the ball didn't go in the net when I was there. So I mean, I got a chance to play college soccer, and um. When I got to college, it was kind of like I didn't know exactly what way I was going to go. I didn't know if, I, if, if baseball was going to be the way. I knew I wanted to play professional sports. Like mm-hmm. whatever whatever the, the, the road was going to be best for me, I wanted to do it. Um, the dream was always to play professional baseball. Um, but if in college I wasn't good enough, then, I mean, I would have been totally fine playing professional soccer. Um, so I, I got the chance to play both sports, Division One level, and honestly, I was getting looked at my freshman sophomore year. I had two like two good seasons in a row, soccer wise, and the ML, their MLS teams looking. And after I had that summer in the Cape, where I made the All Star team, and then that junior year um, in college, where I hit like three ninety, uh, I kind of knew I wanted to play baseball. But I knew I always wanted to play baseball, but I knew at that point, like I was good enough to play baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, so the soccer. I mean, the soccer would have been – it was a good backup plan, but it would have been completely different because in, in soccer, it was just hard to stay healthy in soccer, especially at that level. Like in college, yeah. uh, my hips were always – obviously, you when you're playing professionally, you can take care of your body a little better, but when you're going to school and then having to do the baseball and the soccer, it's really hard to, like, have time to roll out and stretch and all that type of stuff. So Sure. I'm – I noticed just like my body was just always sore playing soccer. Um, so I think that would have been more just, it, it's just, it would have been tough. And honestly, I don't think 
I don't love the sport as much as I love baseball. Like I can play baseball six, seven months straight, like our like our season is, and I'm completely fine. But if if I'm playing soccer for that long, I get kind of bored with it. Yeah. So. Yeah, I I mean it's it's fantastic to have a a backup plan when it comes to professional sports. So I mean that's <laughs> that's cool in itself. But you you mentioned um, you know baseball being the dream. Um, when when do you think it went from from dream to reality? You know what at what point did you say, wow, I could actually be a pro? Yeah, so I mean I think there's always been those realizations throughout my career where like. I mean, in Little League, dude, I was in Little League. I was trying to always like get to that next level. I was trying to like, I was like, all right. My parents were like, yeah, like you're good, but like you got to be the best in the town. So there was like that like stepping stool or step like I don't know how to say it. Like, like I, I treated it more like a ladder, mm-hmm. and like it was just wrong on the ladder. So once I got to be the best in Little League at like my age, it ended up getting to AU, and like I needed to prove that I was the best there. Then I went to high school. I needed to prove that I was the best there. Um, and then college, honestly, I needed to prove that I was the best on the team. And then I needed to prove that I was the best in that area so I could get drafted. So, I mean, it was constant of that. Um, but I don't think until that summer in the Cape where I, I hit really well and then I made that all-star team that it didn't really become evident to me that I could – I was like, dang, I could – like, I'm playing against some of the best players in the country and I'm playing better than most of them. Mm-hmm and competing well and i'm definitely not overmatched if anything i'm like exceeding expectations in regards to what i'm supposed to be doing um playing from or coming from hartford and playing against some of the sec and acc like the best players in the country um so that's when it kind of clicked where i was like oh dang like i think i have a chance to get drafted and then the draft came around that following year after I hit 390 thought i was gonna get drafted uh, i wasn't gonna leave college unless i got at least hundred thousand dollars because if i didn't i don't think leaving a full scholarship was really worth it sure and uh unfortunately I didn't get drafted but i met my wife that summer in the cape so like it worked out perfectly for me mm-hmm. um and for me like the realization that not get like i didn't get drafted but i knew i could still play pro ball i just knew i had to wait another year and then once I got to pro ball, I was like, all right, can I, can I make it? Like the pitching just way better in pro ball. So like getting to pro ball was awesome. And like, that's a dream to get drafted and sign that like contract. Mm-hmm. But then actually getting to the big leagues, like that was the next thing where I was like, all right, I need to be the best at every level I play. So, um, that first year I got to, I had a good first full season and then I went to the Arizona fall league, which that was kind of like, that's kind of like the Cape league of pro ball where you get to, play against all the top prospects and all the minor league systems and like that's kind of where i had the realization where i didn't have that great of a fall league because you just don't play that much you play like twice a week so it's, mm-hmm. it's tough to hit well against the best pitching in the country or the best pitching in the minor leagues when you're playing two out of six games but uh, i had the realization there i was like all right i can do something here like i'm in i'm one of the top guys in minor league baseball i just need to keep on working keep on working and then I tore my ACL to start that 2019 season. Um, so I didn't really play it all that summer or that year. Like really at all, I played 15 games maybe. And that's kind of where I went to the drawing board. And I was like, if I really want to make the bigs, I need to, I need to find a way to just kind of change my swing. So I have, I can be a little more consistent and hit for a little more power. Um, and then this year happened that I really hit well and I kind of did everything I wanted to do. So that's kind of, I mean, I had the new, the newest realization of like, I can make it to the MLB was this year when I really just excelled throughout the whole year and just hit for more power and everything. So it's been throughout the entire, like entire career. Like I've always been like kind of realizing like I can do this, I can do this. And like, as you excel at different levels, I realize I can uh, get to the big leagues. That, I mean, that's, it's definitely a cool story. I mean, I always, obviously we're not in, in the same boat. I always imagined it was just like uh you know, I, I don't know why I felt like it was a one day, you know, you say I can really do this, but it definitely seems to make a lot more sense that, you know, at each level you need to, to refocus and adjust to, to the field at play. So for sure, dude, it's tough. Cause like, especially like when you get to a new level and you feel overmatched at times, like you need to make some adjustments and like, you have that, like, like the doubt does creep into your mind as anything. Like if you're doing anything where like, am I good enough to play this level? 
but I mean, usually when you start performing, you, you start performing, you have that realization, like I can do this, like, and that's kind of where it comes from. Like the sooner you have that realization at each level, like the easier it is obviously to, to move up and to continue to progress through that level. That's really great. Yeah, David, obviously you had a huge season last year, 65 RBIs, 13 home runs. Who do you think the toughest pitcher that you faced was all last season? Yeah, so, I mean, we faced some good arms. They were really good starting pitching in our league. Um, I don't know. I'm going to throw out some names. I don't know if you're going to know all of them. But um, Hunter Green is with the Reds. He's got, like, an electric fastball. He's, like, 100 to, like, 103 with his fastballs. That arm, his arm is just, like, it's just a talented arm. Um, So that arm was, that was probably the best fastball I faced. Um, There's a kid in the Marlins. His name is Max Meyer. Uh, he had the best slider in pretty much all of baseball, honestly. Wow. Uh, all of minor league baseball, he had the, the best slider. Uh, it's like an 88-mile-hour slider that moves like a foot and a half. It's crazy how much it moves. <laughs> no. So that would probably be the best slider. And I'd say the best overall pitcher I faced was probably Nick Lodolo. He was also on the Reds, and he's just like a he's a tall lefty. He's like ninety five. That ball moves a lot, and he throws four pitches. Um, so I would say he's probably the best pitcher I faced last year. And yeah. then the best pitch I saw all last year was um, also a kid on the Reds. The Reds are nasty, um, but his name was Graham Ashcraft, and he had a cutter at like ninety eight to one hundred, and oh. it just it moved a lot. So. Yeah, I mean, there are some good good arms that I faced, and I felt like when I faced some of the better arms, I hit, I like kind of was able to lock it in and hit pretty good off the good arms. Um, I need to get better at hitting the high velocity guys, like the relief pitchers that don't really know where the ball's going. Like I struggle yeah. against guys that uh, are kind of like effectively wild. I think yeah. a lot of people struggle against them though. So yeah, wow. And I was I was following along your season, you guys. I mean, it, it must have been fun to be up there, especially playing in Double A. But what do you think the most memorable part of your season was last year? I saw you hit that Grand Slam. That was pretty cool, the walk off Grand Slam. Oh yeah, yeah, that was cool. Um, that was probably one of my more that was more one of the more funny at bats I've had because we were in the thirteenth inning and we were pitching. Both teams didn't have pitchers left because they were all just we were out of pitching, so we were throwing catchers. <laughs> we were throwing like um, our backup catchers and. I just told my like, I don't usually hit the ball very good off the position players when they come in, and so I just told myself like it's bases loaded, there's no one out, like all you got it's a tie game, all you got to do is hit the ball in the air and we'll score a run, and you like the game's over. So he throws a pitch and it just like it's just a lob ball pretty much like 68 miles per hour, and I was just like just try to hit a fly ball to outfield, and I ended up just hitting a nuke to left field. So it was, that was a funny at bat. Um, what else? Um, I had another homer um, where it was right after I dislocated my shoulder a week prior, and it was like my first game back from that shoulder dislocation, and my wife was in town, and it was the first homer she ever saw me hit, like, in person. Oh, wow. She always, like, and she, like, travels with me a decent amount, or she's had a lot of games, and I, like, she'll, like, walk into the third inning, I would have hit a homer in the first inning, yeah. so, like, she barely misses home runs, um, so, that was kind of cool to actually hit a home run in front of her, and then I had another homer at the end of the season when, uh, my buddies from home, that, my high school buddies from home came out and watched, so that was pretty cool, too. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like a fun season. How was it, like, living in Alabama? Was it different? Yeah, it was a little different. Um, the people are a lot friendlier. Um, <laughs> honestly, the people like there's nothing. To, there's not much to do in the Huntsville, like Madison area during the summer. So there, there's a lot of people at the games all the time. It was pretty packed. Yeah, I think they actually had the highest attendance rate in Double uh, A. So that <laughs> was cool. Um, but yeah, you just like you'd be out to dinner or like out to lunch out around town and people would come up to you and be like, Oh, like you're this for like, you're Dave McKinnon. Like that's crazy. We went to the game last, like, and they just talked to you about baseball and stuff. So it's kind of like, you're a kind of a big leaguer just in double a, which is kind of cool. That is really cool. Uh, it seems like they definitely impacted you a little bit. I heard you say y'all a few times when you, when you got on the call. It was more my wife. (laughs) She's from Texas. So, um, that was, uh, that's been going on for a little while. So I spent a lot of time in uh, Houston last season. So mm. I'm more like, I'd say I'm more Southern now than, 
than Boston. Oh, wow. I have a Boston accent anyway, though, so. Yeah, I feel like a lot of us don't, but. Yeah, a lot of us don't. Like, if you want to sound educated, you don't have much. Yeah, right, those. right. Um, so I, I, I'm bringing it back a little bit to um, yeah. where we started. Um, you know, a lot of us have, have played at the high school level, less less at the college, and, you know, very few make it as far as you have. Um, I was wondering, you know, what the biggest difference has been for you um, as far as how you approach the game. And and obviously, you know, you said the pitching is a lot better at professionals, but what about the competition you faced as a whole? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously at each level it gets better. Um, I think the biggest thing that in high school, it's like if I got my if I got out, it was because I got myself out. Like usually the pitcher wasn't good enough to get me out. So either I swung at a bad pitch or I made a bad swing, and that's why I got out. Where now you can like smoke a ball and some guy in the outfield like makes an unbelievable catch like diving or some like you just like so like the pitcher dots up three pitches in a row inside outside and then like bottom of the zone and like you couldn't do anything so there's there's certain times where like you can now in pro ball like especially at double a like you can only control what you can control like if you don't get a pitch to hit really Mm -hmm. you're out and uh if you get a pitch to hit like over the middle part of the plate you better hit it because you're probably not going to get it again so i think that's kind of the biggest thing i've noticed like as you get um as you move higher and higher you have less and less um you get less and less mistakes to hit and you just got to make sure you're hitting the mistakes because you're not going to get too many of them wow yeah i mean it it seems to make sense for sure um i've heard you know you know when when professionals discuss uh how they play the game they say you know going from one level to the next the game is faster now now obviously you've you've brought up some some guys arms that they can pitch very quickly but do you feel like and and you you mentioned some outfielders too do you feel just like everyone is moving faster the game itself is moving faster it's harder to to achieve what you want to achieve um i think it's more just like the you have to make the decisions a little quicker i think once you get to pro ball like the ball gets hit harder so mm-hmm. obviously you have to react a little quicker um the ball's thrown a little faster so you have to be a little more efficient with your swing but i think once you're in pro ball like everyone has tools at that point mm-hmm. everyone has the ability to hit the ball pretty hard so obviously if you go to if you go rookie ball or low a or the a balls like they're not going to hit the ball as hard as when you're in double A and triple A. The dudes are older and just bigger. But um, I think, yeah, pretty much once you get from the A ball to double A, that's when you'll really see the biggest difference. Dudes look, bi- dudes are bigger and dudes hit the ball a lot harder. Um, double A and up, every, I think it's just the consistency factor, just getting more consistent. Um, we'll get like we'll get you to triple A in the big leagues. Um, but yeah, no, I don't think I. I, I definitely think there's. De- the the quickness of the game and if you compare it to college it's mind-boggling how how much faster the game is dudes get down the line quicker mm-hmm. the ball's thrown harder across the infield the ball's thrown harder from the pitcher uh the ball's hit a lot harder so yeah it's it's crazy the jump from pro, uh college to pro ball and then from like high a to double a it's even more yeah it must be crazy um, we actually we used to do the show with Connor Howe. He he hasn't been on the show in the last couple weeks, but he actually texted me a question to ask you. Yeah. He, he wanted to know what it was like to be teammates with Joe Adele and who you can compare his game to. Yeah, so I mean Joe's Joe is a great dude. I like him a lot. We kind of came up together and obviously Joe's in the big leagues now, which is awesome. Um to compare his game to, uh it's tough to compare because he's such a he's such a freak when it comes to just athleticism. Right. Um he is freakishly fast and like really like long limbed, so he can cover a lot of ground in the outfield. And just how hard he hits the ball when he hits it hard, like like when he connects with that ball, like on the barrel, it just sounds different than other people. Right. Uh, so I mean, I don't know, I don't know how I can compare him to someone. Um. But no, just playing with him, it was fun to watch him play. Like you're on the same field as him as teammates, but you're kind of like like watching and admiring how hard he hits some of the balls he hits and how fast he can run. So I can't. I don't really have a comp for him really right now, but it was it was just fun watching him play. Honestly, it must have been cool. You're with Tory Hunter Jr. too, right? 
Yeah, me and Tori have played the last like three or four years together. So that's been really fun. Um, we've gotten pretty close over the last couple of years. So it's, yeah, that's been super enjoyable, um, to watch him develop too, because he was more of a football player in college and it's been fun to kind of see him go from like not really playing too much baseball at the beginning of his career to like really developing into a, a extremely good fielder and pretty good hitter now. Yeah. yeah, it must it must be cool to to come up with some of those guys. Um, obviously, you're you're still aspiring to to achieve new heights, and and you've come up with, with some guys that have reached the you know the highest level. When you when you've been you know around all these guys, can you can you sort of see can you can you see which guys are you know on their way and which ones you know have reached their their peak? Yeah, you can kind of tell. Um certain dudes that are overmatched and certain guys that are like continue to get better at each level. And I feel like for me personally, um, I've always felt overlooked kind of like an underdog when it's come to like college, like no offense to Hartford, but it's not a big time division one program. So I didn't really get like BC, UConn, those both, both those teams that I wasn't good enough to play there. And I'm, I've outplayed pretty much all the guys that have gotten drafted from BC and UConn over the last five or 10, five or five to eight years. So I've kind of had a chip on my shoulder to the point where, like, I've always felt overlooked, and I've used that to continue to work my way up. And, yeah, I mean, for me, I'm just going to keep on working until I get to that spot. Um, I'm going to have to work a little harder than others just because I got drafted lower. Um, yeah. A lot of guys that get drafted in my position were already released. So I count that I'm – I mean, I'm blessed to still be playing, and I'm going to continue to grind it out and, and work hard and – Hopefully, I get to debut this next year coming up. That'd yeah, be, that'd be that'd sick. Be, keep giving them a reason to keep you. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, um, obviously, I mean, you must be close with a lot of the Angels guys. Have you talked to any guys that are currently on the Angels team now? Are you close with any of those guys? Uh, I mean, there's a lot of my teammates from last year that um, ended up getting called up at the end of the year for September call-ups. So oh, that yeah. was pretty cool to see. Some of my, They're all pitchers, but it was cool to see some of them get called up. Like Reed Detmers was up there. He was in the Cape, um, right? What was it? Wasn't he in the Cape League? Yeah, he was. He would have been the Cape League a couple of years after me, though. Um, who else? I mean, Brendan Marsh, who I played with, he's up this year. Chris Rodriguez, who I rehabbed with in Arizona, where I tore my knee, uh, he was up there this year, so that was cool. Um, Packy Naughton, who's from Massachusetts, oh, yeah. Actually, yeah. Uh, he was up there, so that was awesome. And then I had a couple of roommates that ended up debuting this year. So it was fun because when I I got uh, shoulder surgery right after the season, but I I did I had it in Anaheim with the Angels doctor, and it was fun to go see uh, to go see, and I got to hang out there for a couple of days and get the surgery, and I got to go see um, a couple of my teammates, Jansen Junk, who was with us in Double A, and uh, Kyle Tyler, who was also in Double A with us at the beginning of the season. We had, I got to go see them play um, and pitch in the big leagues at Angel Stadium, so that was awesome. Yeah, I mean that must be cool being like see being with those guys your whole life now seeing them in the majors. That must be awesome. I mean, especially yeah, and it makes you just want to work harder to try to get there too. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You good? Right. But yeah, I mean, thanks, Dave. We really appreciate you coming on. I'm definitely gonna follow your journey. I look up the box scores every a couple of nights. See what you do. Keep it up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's some good nights and there's some not good nights. Yeah. No, it seemed like I was seeing some of the highlights of those games. They packed the stands there. Oh yeah, they crush. They yeah, they, they do an awesome job. So I mean, I'm, honestly, I hope I'm not there next year. Obviously, because I don't want to repeat Double A. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I mean, it's a great place to play if you do get the chance to play. Um, if you're ever in the area, it's a great place to watch a game too. It's pretty loud. It's fun. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. we love that. And uh, yeah, you know, we'll we'll be following your journey and and uh, thinking of you up here. We we want to uh, see our we want to see our local guys succeed. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, Marty Weiner asked me the best. <laughs> Marty Weiner asked me the best coach you've ever had. He wanted to know who it was. <laughs> oh yeah, I loved Marty. He's a great coach. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I liked him a lot. Uh, who else is my favorite coaches? Like Marty. Um, it's got to be JB. Yeah, John Barada was up there too. Honestly, is <laughs> Marty John Barada, and um, I really liked my coach this year at uh, in Pro Ball, who's also JB J Bell. Um, he was actually he was in the major, right? Yeah, he was big leaguer for eighteen years. He's my one of my favorite coaches I've ever had. That's awesome. So yeah, those are probably my top three. That's crazy. Well, yeah, Dave, we really appreciate you coming on, and yeah, tell tell your family we said hi as well. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. All right, thanks, good luck, Dave. All right, have a good one, guys. You, you too. too. See ya.
So that was David McKinnon. Man, I mean, if he starts in AAA next year, this would be awesome. I can just imagine going to Fenway Park, being like, if the Angels come to Fenway, we'd have to be at that game. That would be It'd be, be cool. I mean, I, I would definitely uh, yell at him until he looked at me. Yeah, no, <laughs> no he would look at us. I mean, yeah, very, very awesome of him to, you know, give us the time of day um, and, and, you know, give some, some hometown kids uh, a, little, a little presence on their podcast. Um, what, what a, you know, great guy. Super nice, he's awesome. easygoing, willing to, to share all the facts with us. So that was great. If, he, if he's watching now, still thank you again. I was good friends with his brother, actually, going up, Robert. I hope, oh, yeah. I, hope I mean, I, well. I played multiple sports with him. He, he is a, another great kid. The whole family. He was great. an athlete, man. That kid was an athlete. The whole family. I mean, that's how it goes. I think his, I think his parents were like track stars. Yeah. They're fast. Um, They're fast. But for me, I watched David in the Cape League and his journey. He just kept getting better and better. And it would be crazy to see someone like that from Easton. I mean, make it to the big leagues. It would be cool. Should have asked him if he's rooting for the Red Sox. And he ain't. No, obviously, I mean, he's wishing his Angels guys well. But that's just unbelievable that he's even made that far one of the best guys in double a all last season but we're it's it's time to finish the show <laughs> so we got our three up we three down we get the picks we got the locks we got the upsets we get the bull predictions we got david mckinnon he already joined the show we just did our recap of david but can't forget about those fantasy football questions that were submitted by some of y'all earlier today oh my god this is the the real reason people tune in so we got Max Howe sent me like a whole list. I'm like, Max, you really think we're going to be here till Just midnight? Narrow if we go it down to the good ones. So we're going to massage it. Oh, no, that's what Mandy wanted for her birthday. Um, <laughs> sorry, I was saving some of these messages. Um, so Connor asked, me, Connor asked me a question. Let's start with Jacob Siegel's question. I kind of like this one because I'm a big BC football fan. So let's bring it to the BC football guys. Jacob Siegel asked me earlier today, 2.05 p.m. to be exact. Can A.J. Dillon be trusted as a number one running back for the duration of Aaron Jones' absence? J.P. Platter, you want to start us off? Yeah, J.P. Platter. Um, That's a tough question. I mean, it's hard. Aaron Jones, clear-cut number one guy. When when you think about number one, you know, some people, you know, get the, the wrong idea. This is just a guy that needs to finish top 12, right? Top 10, top 12 at the position each week. Not every RB1 is going to do it every week. Does he have the capability? Absolutely. I think that, you know, they're looking at, um, I heard today, they're looking at Carrion Johnson, who, yeah, so who couldn't even get the time of day on the Detroit Lions. So I I fully believe that this is A.J. Dillon's offense right now. um, He's great. As far as the running game goes. So I think the work's going to be there. I think that, you know, whether it's Seattle this week, I mean, most matchups, the Packers are going to be the better team playing. So I think that there's going to be, you know, carries to have for A.J. Dillon. I think he's actually a capable pass catcher. Um, he's involved in the passing game in Green Bay. Yeah. So I think that he, you know, has that aspect too, the PPR aspect. So I think it's definitely possible. He's not going to, you know, go out and be a top 12 guy every single week, just like Aaron Jones wasn't. But. I think he can put up similar numbers. He's he's not as hard of a runner, but he'll definitely fall forward. I think on the goal line, he's the guy he's going to get in the end zone for sure. So I think he is is a comfortable play as an RB1, RB2 mix. Yeah, he's a guy that's going to be going fast, 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 fast. No, he's, he's a really good running back, A.J. Dillon. I mean, obviously he's not the main man there because they get Aaron Jones, but Aaron Jones is out right now. He's asking about while he's out. And this is a Green Bay offense that is obviously a good offense. He's going to stay relevant whether he's in a middle-of-the-pack offense or probably a top-five offense like the Green Bay Packers are. This is a team that's going to be scoring a lot of points, mm-hmm. and when Aaron Jones is out, A.J. Dillon's going to be getting a shitload of work. They don't have that guy like they used to have, and who was it? Williams was the backup, and he was on Jamal there. Jamal Williams. A.J. Dillon's the main man right now. A.J. Dillon, in my opinion, is probably going to be close to a top-ten play when Aaron Jones is out. So if you got A.J. Dillon... Start A.J. Dillon. Don't even think oh, about it twice. Yeah, I mean, he, he's not asking about whether to start him. He's saying, is he an RB1? He's an RB one and a half. That's where I am, too. But, yeah, so that, that's, that's our answer to your question. Max Howell gave us three kind of quick questions here. You know what? We'll, we'll rattle them off real fast. Dawson Knox or Pat Fryermuth this week at tight end? Fryermuth is going up against no, the Chargers. Knox. Give me Knox. I you gotta you Jeez. gotta take. I didn't even have to think twice about that. I'm not thinking about it at all. Dawson Knox is actually a relevant part of the Bills' offense, and I think that there's going to be more passing done in the Bills' game than in the Pittsburgh LA game. Um, 
And, I, and like I said, I'm not even confident in Roethlisberger here. I mean, the, the whole offense has kind of slowed down in the last few weeks. So I'm definitely going with the better quarterback and the better quarterback tight end combo. Give me Dawson Knox. Yeah, I'm taking Dawson Knox as well. This is a guy that's probably more likely to get in the end zone. He's a guy that's been a relevant factor in this offense as well, and he has the better quarterback, too, against a shittier team, too. Yep. So Dawson Knox is the guy. Max, please don't put in the fry guy. Up next. The Muth. Yeah, the fry guy or the Muth. Up next, Max Howe wants to know, should he start the Saints defense versus Philly or the 49ers versus Jacksonville? Just, 49ers just versus I, Jacksonville. I agree. I definitely agree 49ers versus Jacksonville. There's going to be some mistakes made by the Jacksonville offense, and that's points, points, points for the San Francisco defense. <laughs> but points Justin points. and I are going to differ in, in saying, I think the Saints defense is a fine play as well. Um I think they win the game. We both agree it's a low-scoring game. Yeah. So that that's you know spells good for the defense too. But the 49ers are definitely the play. There's going to be more sacks. There's going to be more turnovers. You know all the all the defensive goodies that you want that you want to see. I think San Francisco has a great week. Well, Jake, and the last question that Max asked, one of your favorite players in all of the NFL, yep. he wants to know if Chris Carson a flex option this week if he plays. Or do you use Collins still taking slash splitting the workload type of shit going on? I think it depends on who you have. I'm not a big. Um, I'm not a big Chris Carson. Yeah, guy. I mean, I, he, I've kind of mellowed out on him too. Um, sure. I think in in years past he's been better. Put for the sure. pants on. Put the pants. My on. pants are on. Um, I think in years past he's been better for sure. Um, when when you're talking about a week where he's coming back from this neck injury, it's iffy. Is he gonna play? Whatever. I could absolutely see the Seahawks. Going splitting with the carries, you know, even letting Alex Collins take the majority of the carries. No doubt, no um, doubt. Is he a flex play? It depends on who you have. Um, if you're, if you're, you know, you're wondering if you should play Chris Carson versus another team's backup running back. It's Carson, you know. But, you play Carson, but if, I you, mean, if you have a a team's wide receiver too, if you have, you know, Christian Kirk on roster. I'm playing him over over Chris Carson. If you have, oh, that was a really good example. It's a hard a hard one to to <laughs> to beat out. Um, if you have like, like Zach Pascal, no, n- not Zach Pascal, but like Cole Beasley. That's a that's a good one for me. I'm I'm playing Cole Beasley. I'm playing Hunter Renfro before I'm playing Chris Carson this week. Um, We'll see how it shakes out. We'll see how healthy he is. But at this week, that's the move. And the last question coming all the way from coming from Wilbur Street, Andrew Blanchard. I mean Greg Blanchard, asking a question all the way from his home in Easton, Massachusetts. Would you pick up Ramondre Stevenson for fantasy? Obviously. Hell yes, I'd pick up Ramondre Stevenson for fantasy. What kind of question is that? Oh my god. Good thing I hope he's still not listening to the show right now. I would hope that everyone that gets 20 carries is picked up on, in every league the following week because you don't go from 20 to zero unless your last name is Gray. So, um, <laughs> and Damon Harris might not even be playing this. Yeah, I mean, so he was I at practice today. I don't even care. If, he, if he's playing, you know Stevenson's still going to get work. That, I'm not saying you start Stevenson no matter what. He scares Harris, me. If Harris is playing, I'm not playing Stevenson. I'm not playing either of them, honestly. But if it's just Stevenson and Bolden, Absolutely, you get Stevenson, you play him. He's not even a flex. He's a he's an RB one or two on your team. I don't think he's an RB one. I just mean like in the in the slotting, you can play him up there. He's better than a flex play in my opinion. Um, if he's the only guy. And I got to admit, being a Damian Harris uh, owner uh, now, they're playing Atlanta. I didn't even, yeah. I didn't even mention that the the Patriots. If it goes anything like we've thought it's going to go, the Patriots are going to have the lead, and they're going to have the lead early. And when you do that, you you drain the clock. You run the football. That's going to be all Stevenson. It's going to be it's going to be garbage time in the second half. This dude's going to be feasting. Yeah, no doubt about that. And being a Damian Harris owner, thanks to Jake. Even when Damon you're Harris wel- is you're healthy, welcome. you're welcome. Even when Damon Harris is healthy now, Ramondre Stevenson is scaring me because this Sometimes guy. Sometimes I know what I'm doing. This guy's going to be a factor. I'm not saying Damon Harris won't be a factor, but Ramondre Stevenson probably is going to get at least close to thirty percent of the carries when they're both healthy now, on a week to week basis. If he keeps playing the way he's playing, could be more. This is becoming more and more of a timeshare. Belichick, in Foxborough. Belichick could not care less where you were drafted, what you're paid. He does not care. It's all about how you're performing lately and. Stevenson has absolutely earned the time of day. It's all about Carson Boyd. I think he can get more. Yeah, right. I think he can get more than thirty percent of the carries. I think it can be a fifty-fifty split, easy. 
All right, so that's the Stevenson's fantasy. He's a better pass catcher, too. Oh, yeah, no doubt about that either. Uh, that's the fantasy football questions of the week. Last thing before we get to week 65 is... We're not there yet. We're not there yet, but we're close. All right, so Thursday night football. We got the Patriots. We got the Falcons. Yeah. What's your key to the game? Key to the game is going to be Kyle Pitts. Don't go down 28-3? to three. That's Well, they, I mean, they could. They've done it before. Um, it's going to be Kyle Pitts. Now, Patterson... Cordero Patterson, who's been great, is it's sounding like he won't play. Um, Mike Davis is not a worry for me. I know all I've said is stop the running back and and whatever, but I'm willing to give Mike Davis his because he doesn't have much to take. Um, I think it's all about shutting down Kyle Pitts. He's the other team's best weapon. When they don't have Calvin Ridley, they don't have Cordero Patterson, really all they have is Kyle Pitts, the, the best skill player they have. If we can lock that guy down... The offense is going to be extremely limited. I, I have no worries about the Patriots' offense being able to put up, you know, mid-20s, even low-30s in points. Oh, no question. Um, no question. And I, I'm fully confident that if we can keep Kyle Pitts to, you know, 5 for 60, that area at most, I, I mean, he can get a little more even, but I, I'm comfortable in that range. If he does that, we win this game easy. In receiving-wise, Bel- Belichick usually takes out the number one weapon. And obviously, Kyle Pitts is the number one weapon in this game. Like Jake and me were talking about at the beginning of the show, it seems like the Patriots are letting a running back at least kind of go off every I'm week. I'm not worried about Mike Davis at all. My prediction for this game, if one Atlanta Falcon player does go off, I'm going with Russell Gage in this game. I what think about Ru- that other guy? Who, Olamai Zaki, I can't pronounce yeah, his last Z- name. Zakifis. Olamai Zakitis, I mean, whatever the hell his name yeah. is. I think he, what's he, from Dubai or something? I don't, I don't know where he's from. Russell Gage is the guy to he's me. From Atlanta. Yeah. You're not going to be scared about Russell Gage in this game, but he's the guy that you figure, you figure they're not going to really worry about him too much. He's probably going to have 60 to 75 yards. Disagree. I think our corners can take care of him easy. You're probably going to put, uh, what's his name on him? J.C. Jackson. Yeah, because or if he's the number one guy, I mean, he is the number. One. He's their top receiver. I'm not concerned at all, really. Russell with this game. Gage is not going to do anything. And regarding the other side of the football, when the Patriots' offense is on the field, when the Falcons' defense is on the field, AJ Terrell has actually kind of played like one of the better cornerbacks in the NFL this season. We have a lot of weapons, but say he takes away Bourne. Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick everyone Bourne. can do that. Yeah, Kendrick Bourne will go off. I mean, Hunter Henry's probably going to have another touchdown this week. I think the rush game is really going to be the main. John who Smith game. might come back. And yeah, he. He's been all right this season, but we've expected more. Yeah, but I mean, I'm not it's concerned. Just another weapon. I'm really not concerned at all with this game. Again, they're on the road, so sometimes you think, oh, it's one of those. It's a Thursday game. Max never played on a Thursday. Yeah, is it a trap game? Is it one of those trap games? Because it's on a Thursday night, maybe, but I don't Short think they're going to lose. I mean, it's definitely going to be new for Mac. I mean, the game might start a little slow, but I think the Patriots are, are the far better team here. Yeah, no question about that. So we'll be back on the show next week, hopefully talking about how the Patriots have won Five games in a row with a rookie quarterback. We'll be recapping the Patriots-Falcons game. We'll be, hopefully we'll be talking about how I remained in first place with these picks. And we'll be talking about Dallas, all the good baby, games. Dallas. Dallas, Kansas City. We got Seattle, Arizona. We got some good games this week. But thank you to David for coming on the show. Thank you to Jake Platter for driving all the way from the other side of Massachusetts. Thank you to Greg Blanchett for, for asking that question about Ramondre Stevenson. Max thank you to Max Howe for his... Q&A. That no questions from Matt Dorn. Took up half the show. Matt Dorn actually said to me, I said, Matt, you got any questions? He said, actually, no. So you know what that means? He thinks he's going to win the whole league. He's crazy. My team's going to crush it. I think I play him this week, actually. Matt, you're getting, kicked. you're getting your ass kicked, Matt, this week. You're getting your absolute ass kicked. I hope you're still listening because looks like we got a shitload of viewers. All right. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, Jake, for recording. Thanks for the background noise. Thank you to the dogs in the kitchen for just not barking. There's no dogs. No, they died last night. R.I.P. to the dogs. Speaking about dogs, Patriots are playing the Falcons this week. Michael Vick won't be there. On that note, we're signing off. Jake Platter, Justin Miller. Week 64 is in the books. Great show. We'll see you next week for Week 65.